abuelita, soy tu nieto y ya llegué. Hello, everybody. We're back with Cantina MX Football Podcast. La cumbia continues. We have uh, quite a bit to talk about tonight. Liga MX results that were a bit shocking. We also have World Cup qualifiers coming up on Thursday with Jamaica and Mexico. And some comments from some of the players and ex-players uh, about El Azteca. But before I go any further, let me welcome Joel to the show tonight. Joel, how are we doing? Jaime. Hey, Absolutely. We had some pretty shocking results in week three of Liga Mekis and won't even really be, be able to digest that because we're already going to get ready for World Cup qualifiers. This is the good, the big, the big three matches we got coming with uh, Mexico having to go on the road again for the fourth consecutive time uh, against Jamaica. And then they'll return to Mexico and play against Costa Rica and Panama behind closed doors. So we have a lot going on this week. Yes, and already the rumors, you know, the rumor mill, and that's, um, that's Tata. This could be his last two games. Mexico. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about how he had asked the locker room if he should resign. I don't know how much of this I believe, though. I don't think a coach would flat out say that to their players. Yeah, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound right. I mean, and I think it's just a lot of clickbait. Um, there's this website. I never click on it, but it keeps popping up on my feed. The <laughs> athletic? <laughs> no, it's another one. It's a Mexican site. I'm sure they're paying, like, they're paying Google or whoever. Um, and it keeps popping up on my feed, and I never click on it. And it, But I always look at the the headline, and, they ha- and the headline was um, the one player that would return once the once – uh, I think it, they had Jimmy Lozano picture once the new coach takes over the three. Oh, and then they had they had pictures of like um, I think Vela, Chicharo, and like two other guys. But I'm like, do these guys really think that if Tata gets sacked, that they would put Jimmy Lozano? I mean, that's that's just doesn't make any sense at all. You know, if anyone that has followed in three long enough. Um, when they go for a bombero, that's, that's what they call the coach that comes in to put out the fire. <laughs> they, always, they always go for a known, you know, someone known. Experienced. Yes, known, experienced. Uh, right now, you know, the two main candidates would be Piojo. Again? They did it once. Well, I mean, you have to think of what coaches 
have been in that position? Who who has come to help you know Mexico qualify and then have in, a good World Cup? In my lifetime, it's been Aguirre and yes. Piojo. Exactly. That's and those will be the two main guys. Oh man. Uh, Maybe Nacho, but that would be only if the That'd other two a, don't take yeah. it down. It would have to be a coach uh, that's know, in really good form. What about Duca? You think they would call up Duca again? They could. They could. and But, they, you know, he might this time. I mean, I think he's no longer has that cushy Tigres, Tigres money. I'm sure he's getting good, good coin at uh, Juarez. But yeah, Tuka definitely. Um, I just didn't mention him because when he had the opportunity, he he didn't take it. Again, he was at Tigres and, and he was just making, you know, driving that Ferrari, making bank. Uh, he, he obviously, I don't think he has that type of money. But I mean, he he now has a. You know, I'm uh... sure he's amassed a small fortune where he just doesn't care too much about getting paid. You know, it reminds me of uh, this episode of The Office. I don't know if you watched that show, but it's like the the manager quits and they have to fill in the spot. And the the new owner of the of the um, of the business is like, "Well, who's been here the longest? We'll just put them in charge." And everybody immediately is like, "I don't think that's a good idea because the guy that had been there the longest is Creed." And that guy, like, you know, was kind of sketchy. And re- he's been there forever, but not the guy you want in charge. So it's like right now if, if shit hits the wall and, you know, you lose against Jamaica and you, you lose the two games at home, they're like, all right, so who's been in Liga Yamekis the longest? Let's just put him in charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, no, I wouldn't be like that. <laughs> and I guess that would be Tuca, right? He's been – like, who's the who's – the, who's been in Liga Yamekis uh, the longest right now? It's probably him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I. Yeah. He started coaching before the. Aguirre started coaching a bit after. Um. Yeah, but I mean, these guys aren't sketch. They they're proven. All of them have won league titles. Mm, been at the World Cup. Tuca was at the World Cup. He didn't coach it, but he was uh, Mejia Barón assistant coach. Oh. I didn't in know. In '94. Yeah, '94. So he's been at you know he's been part of that process, and well he's coached some some games now. So there's that of course. Yeah. So we had we'll we'll talk about the the qualifiers since we're we're on the topic right now. But you know obviously we have those days where the press has access to the players and the coaches and Hector Herrera. Had something to say about El Azteca. He said El Azteca no pesa. He says that uh, yeah, it holds no weight anymore. It's not as intimidating as it used to be, and that they should look into maybe playing their World Cup qualifying matches in other arenas, such as the you know Rayado Stadium, or you know Jalisco would be great, or even El Omni Life. But I I agree. You know I feel like El Azteca. It's it's not as uh, intimidating as it used to be. We don't really hold like that that record anymore, where nobody could beat us. Like, yeah, it's it's well, it's we, like we... um you know like that Sparta movie where like they finally cracked the wall and you're like whoa how'd you do that like 
these <laughs> these guys are actually mortals. Like what? They bleed too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we we've talked about this here before, and one of the obvious reasons has been that um they stopped they stopped uh they stopped playing at, at they would play like a midday like 10 o'clock 12 o'clock and so when you combine the heat with the smog that would really you know that would really put a hurt on 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 the other teams and and i think that's been one of the that's been one of the things that has been um, favorable for the for the rivals. That it's, it's made it easier for them. You know, they don't have to they don't have to struggle with those things anymore. Another thing too is most of our players now are in Europe, so they're not yes. acclimated to the altitude anymore, and they're also at a disadvantage. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So those two things, and and so why why would Max move? And the obvious is television. You know, to to put them at a more prime time. So instead of uh, you know, selection game used to be at you know ten or twelve a.m. You would see the World Cup qualifying match. Now they're at like seven p.m. or or you know. Yeah, but so who are it. they? Who are they catering to? Because in Mexico, well, here here. Right yeah, here us. Well, it was kind of like a rhetorical <laughs> question because oh, in Mexico, okay. Okay, in Mexico, yes. like they will not even schedule people to work around a Mexican qualifying match because they know like no one's going to be working. Everybody's going to be watching the game. So are you telling me that the influence of everybody here in the States is that large where they're willing to accommodate our yes. schedule? Yes. That is yes. insane. Yeah. Well, and then you see, it's it's because of all the sponsors and all the money that's coming in. So the TV money, the sponsorship money, you know, from with with all the commercials that we're watching, that's what has made, you know, Mexico playing here and, and why they play so many games. That's what made FMF so rich, you know, that they oh, people complain about the moleros and whatnot, but it's it's allowed them to do so much. Um, with the team, I know people aren't satisfied because, oh, you know, they, they just they just get to the second round. But I mean, if you com- again, if you compare Max to majority of teams, they're in a very good place because because very few teams, at least, are that consistent as Mexico is uh, of qualifying to the World Cup of at the World Cup, you at least, they at least make it to the second, you know, to the second stage. Because you have teams that would go to the World Cup, uh, have a bad round, and then not qualify again. You know, yeah. you could go four, eight years without seeing your team at the World Cup. So yeah, Mex fans are spoiled in a way because they got used to it to the point where you're just expected. You, you know, they just expect the team to automatically qualify. Um, um, yeah, to add to but, that, but, but the... wait, wait, let me just. I went off. I went yeah, go, go. Let me add really quick. So, obviously, all that money coming in from sponsors, and that's been the big reason why the, what is it, the gold kick chant, you know, the puto chant. 
is why it's it, there's so much pressure because the pressure goes to the sponsors that they, then they put the pre, the sponsors go and they put it on FIFA. FIFA then goes and throws it on Mexico, and and you know that's where it comes from. It's, it's you know the sponsorships they don't they just don't want to be associated with AT and T, Home Depot. Being, <laughs> yeah, because we we saw right Jaime recently with Sevilla. Uh, yeah, Sevilla officially announced uh, Tecatito Corona with uh, a meme that's been going around Twitter quite a bit, and it's um, one of the Simpsons characters, and it's like, yeah, llegamos, putos, you know? And this is, like, the official, like, Twitter handle of Sevilla, okay? And, uh, you know, with the verified badge and everything, and even they are embracing the whole, like, you know, the meme and the acknowledging like the everybody that hops on Twitter and and tweets every time like Betty's plays with uh you know Metenalines or Yaigamos, you know, it's like it's just like a known thing now. Yeah, and, and you know, as we saw from there, um nothing happened. <laughs> you know, no fines, no nothing. You know, same word. Same word and it's it's well, you know, because then it's not the same thing, you know. So it's it's all tied here to the U.S. Yeah, and I had to see who was their main sponsor. I looked them up. It's Naga. They are a leading social investing platform in Germany, uh, with a global community of over a million users. So I don't know if they're happy about that tweet, but. You know. They don't care, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's it's all from the U.S. And it's like, it's just people that are imposing their culture, you know. They're saying, okay, this is what we think the word means. And and they're just going with it. And then yeah. they're saying, because we, we think the word means this, then uh, if you use it, you're, you're, you're a homophobe or you're anti-this or whatever. Yeah. And that's that's where it's coming from, ultimately, you know. So because like like you know like I'm saying, if those sponsors aren't there, dude, no FIFA wouldn't care, dude. Yeah. You know. And they're trying to clean up the game because they were caught with that scandal of you know match fixing and all that, and you know they're trying to clean up their image and they can't have this going on and. In this progressive world that we live in, they can't have, you know, they're trying to stop racism in football and all that. So it's just, again, they're trying to, they're trying to clean up the, the game, but it's like, there's so much other worse shit that's happening. Get way worse, Like man. in Qatar, like the fact that these stadiums are being built by like slaves and stuff. Like, come on, man. You're going to like really try and be like the moral police here with the shit that you guys are doing. Like, come on. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I wanted to add to you know you what you mentioned earlier about you, we expect Mexico to qualify to every World Cup. They were uh, the the raffle. I don't know how it works if it's a raffle or a lottery, but you know FIFA has officially started selling tickets f- to the World Cup, and uh, Me- Mexico was uh, number three as far as the the most fans that bought tickets. Who was you know was one. One and two. Uh, I think number one was Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. Oh damn! 
Yeah. Brazilians, man. Well, Brazil, I think, yeah, they have a big, pretty big population. I don't know. I forgot how much, but I'm pretty sure we, they're way more than in Mexico. Maybe the U.S. would be first. I don't think so. Oh. I would, I would just assume it, Jaime. Yeah, I'm not sure, but still pretty interesting. As far as, like, the actual matches go, uh, you know, the the players that they called up are, unfortunately, the usual suspects. Uh, Tata insisting on calling up four goalies, and uh, none of them are, are young, which is unfortunate. But uh, it just goes to show how we really don't have much of a pool to choose from. Like, the fact that fans are insisting on calling up a player who has yet to play senior professional football. I'm talking about Marcelo Flores. <laughs> like, the fact that yeah, they're, 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 like, upset. They're scared he upset. might go to Canada. Huh? <laughs> There's, some of them are scared that he might choose Canada. Yeah. <laughs> because he's only played friendlies, so... And you know the only way you can't is if you play like an official game uh, with the with the senior team because I think you're allowed to play with the youth. Um, they kind of changed the rules a bit, but technically he hasn't played any official games with Selección Mexico. Yeah, he played the friendly in Austin. That's about it. But don't freak out, guys. He he was called up for the under-20. So he will be playing against uh, Costa Rica. Well, there's that. He's still in their plans. I don't understand why everyone's like, yeah, let's, you know, these crucial three matches to determine if we make it to the World Cup, let's throw in a kid with, like, no experience. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. You know, they feel that if Canada were to say, you know, come over here, it'll be automatic that he would, that he would be like, all right, F it. I'm going for the leave. Um, but, yeah, I don't see it happening. I, I think he knows. I, I think he, not that he knows, but I'm pretty sure he he feels like he he feels more close to Mexico. Yeah, I think we've kind of pulled out the red carpet and uh, I was at the game at Aust- in Austin and he was one of the last players to actually go back into the locker room. He stayed after the game and hung out with the fans, signed autographs, took selfies. So, you know, he's loving it. He's loving this whole experience. He's loving the limelight, yeah. And, and yeah, you, you're not really, he's not really going to get that at Canada. Canada. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this list, you know, Cota, Ochoa, Orozco, and Talavera, it's just like all these players are over the age of 30. Really disappointing that they didn't give, you know, a young goalkeeper at least, like, a chance, you know. You're calling up four, at least give somebody under the age of 30 a chance. Uh, Defenders, uh, Araujo from LA Galaxy. I don't really know him that well, but, you know, he was included on the list. Uh, unfortunately, Gallardo and Chaka continue to be the, the usual suspects. Not sure 
who who agent what agent they have or what deal they had with Tata, but man, they're they continue to get called up despite not being the best out there. And uh what else? In the midfield, everything's fine. Uh Diego Lightness gets called up even though he really hasn't played for Betis. And there's even a rumor about him getting loaned out to Rayo Vallecano just to get some minutes. So Yeah, I heard a rumor that there was like that that he was imposed on on Tata that they just had him they threw it on him, you know. And I could see in 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 a way I could see like like if FMF wants to help him or help his career because you know we we saw it similar with Giovanni where he he didn't he wasn't getting enough playing time but the selection kept calling him uh, but he was always a better selection player than club player Jonah uh, and I think or Gio no no Gio, Gio oh yeah Gio yeah he was getting no minutes over there in Tottenham and and they would call him and he would come and play and he had really good games and tournaments but. I mean, even if true, I'm all for it because he is a really good talent and the selection could help him. Even though I'm a contradict myself, I don't think the selection should be should should be a you know for helping <laughs> to help you. It's not there for that. Uh, but like you said earlier, there's not much to call from, and so at, at, with that in mind, then you you do need to to help out some of your more talented players. I just can't think of any other selection where we call up players that are not in form. It's just crazy, man. Like it's 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 bananas. But we'll see how it goes against Jamaica. Uh I don't know, man. I feel like it smells like a draw to me, but what do you think? So where is this game at? Is it at Azteca? No, this is in Jamaica. Oh damn, it's a tough game. Uh, and I you know, think... Jamaica's in uh, I think in last place. No, they're in sixth place with uh, with uh, seven points. Mexico has fourteen. Yeah, they were. They started really bad. I think how many games they win without winning? I think they win like four or five games. Uh, I don't remember how many. Let me see. We we actually that was our first game was against Jamaica two one we won, and that was like just barely like Henry Martin had to score in the 89th minute. We we're about to we we're about to draw that game, so that was their first game, uh, and then from there they lost to Panama three zero, tied with Costa Rica, lost to U.S., tied with Canada, and then they finally got their win against Honduras. So that's one, yeah, so two, three, went, four, five. That's five games. They went a few without being able to win. I do think, you know, and that's that's the thing, though. Like, we could see that. We could say, oh, they're kind of weak. But then at the same time, these teams, when they play Mexico, you know, they go boss to the wall because, you know, for the region, Mexico is pretty much the Brazil of the region. They're the team that, they're the team to beat. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. just if they know that they'll make the headlines if they beat if they beat Mexico, they know that that's who they go after. Um, 
So you always see some of these teams overperform, and that's that's what it's always been the difficult thing, you know. It's and then Mex does the same when they play Brazil, you know. They always they always uh for the most part, you know, the majority of the time they always go and and they play they play, you know, out of their minds. <clears throat> I'll be happy with the draw, Jaime. Yeah, Kingston just seems like a a tough place to win. Uh, apart from the 3-0 loss to Panama, all the rest of their matches at home have been draws against U.S., Canada, and El Salvador. So, yeah, I, and I don't know what the temperatures like. It could be humid. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure yet. That plays that, that plays a role too. Uh, and like like you were saying with some of these players now that are more more used to playing in Europe, and and it's a lot of night games or in more cold weather. Now you're going to like humid places and it does have its, you know, it, it will affect you to a certain extent. Um, yeah. I, I, Max obviously has our favorites and they have what it takes to win, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw and, and that wouldn't be a bad result. Yeah. So again, three crucial matches. Jamaica, Costa Rica, and Panama. If if Mexico doesn't get like at least seven points out of this, like two victories, uh, do you think this could be the end of Tata's reign? Or, well, you said at least seven. I think he could be good with five. You know, five points. Um, I think if okay, so there's we have to see the scenarios. So if Mexico loses, Ooh. if they lose to Jamaica, then they will be under under pressure to win the next two games. Uh, definitely won't be able to lose any of those because then the, the media is gonna start with the sky is falling and it's gonna be it's gonna be on full out assault until the next three game. Um, but yeah, I, I think. I think it could change, and I think if he gets a draw and then a win, so I think going into the last game, they, there won't be as much pressure. And, of course, we have to see how the standings are going to change. I know, I, I believe they are just one point from first place. What is it, one point or two? Canada has 16 points. They're in first. USA has 15. Mexico and Panama both have 14 points. Okay, two points. So there's just two points, which is, you know, it's it's not that much of a difference. Um, so I do think, uh, but but of course, you know, you want Mexico to finish top three, and there should be that pressure to to be that top three. But but I think pressure to be, you know, is different than than like oh this isn't this isn't working because you know you couldn't beat this team and and if it all. It's not like they're six points behind; they're just two points, uh, and they lost them in a tough in a tough schedule. You know, going up against the two best teams and and on the road. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't exactly, you know, messing up at home. That's the other thing that has to be taken into account. And and the other thing is that they haven't really been getting outplayed. You know, like. Like, well, you have teams that 
they just humiliate you or they just play you out of the park when you're like, damn, dude, you know, it's it's been fairly even games, uh, games where Mechs failed to score their chances, you know? Yeah, I will say losing to USA and Canada um, in the manner in which they did, definitely they just had like a really bad ending to those those qualifying matches before they broke off into friendlies. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see what happens on Thursday, four o'clock against Jamaica. I want to bring it back to Liga Mekis because we had some interesting results in the third week. Uh, Juarez and San Luis kicked things off, and uh, Juarez ended up winning one zero, and uh, they they're in a good spot. They're in fifth position. And they have, uh, as of today, have acquired Carlos Fierro, free agent. That's right. Return from the Quakes, um, former Chivas. And and as you said, Tuca, that's Tuca's team. And, of course, he's, you know, he's an old wolf, man. He knows, he knows what he's doing. Um, so I think he's, he's doing a good job. Uh, yeah. I, hope, I hope we could get the best out of Fierro. Fierro was one of the, you know, he was he was part of the under seventeen squad. They won the the uh, the World Cup. The under, yeah, the under seventeen World Cup. That's right. And he was one he was one of the better players. He was even tagged as like you know uh, when you look at like like uh, futuras promesas in in some of these magazines, and it kind of went to his head, I guess. This whole and. And even at Chivas, I think he was, I think he got there at the wrong time, man, with all the well, revolving coaches, and they never really had something set for him, and then he sort of got lost in the fray, and it, but you know what, he came back, and we, he got to play with Almeida, and he won, he has, he has trophies in his cabinet, people might say he sucks, but this guy has, like, trophies and medals, uh, so for sucking, that's not that bad. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's, you yeah. know, it's good to see that he's getting an, a, another chance. What I'll say about Carlos Fierro, um, out of all the players that won that world cup in 2011, he, he was the most successful. He had, uh, like after his, after they won the world cup, he like kickstarted his his career at Chivas and ended up having a, over 153 appearances for the club, you know. So I mean, a lot of these players did not pan out, you know. You think of like um, Julio Gomez, La Momia, you know, the guy that had, you know, he had that incredible oh, man, goal had, and the he, he, was it the it was Germany a bicycle bicycle yeah. Chilena, right? Like that dude's and, a Abanil now. He's he's over here, you know, making. Making moves over here in the United States, like he doesn't even play soccer anymore. Construction, like he was working construction yeah. with his like cuñado, right? Yeah. He, he had a cool nickname. They nicknamed Ching Gomez, and I thought that was so awesome. And then we never got to hear Ching <laughs> Gomez again. <laughs> like he cursed him. Uh, he probably plays some beer league, you know. Yeah. <laughs> on Sundays, you probably you probably burning people left to right, or he probably doesn't even care to do so. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, 
he ended up oh, he, he ended up winning um a title with obviously with Chivas in 2017 two Copa Mekis with Chivas one with Querétaro and ironically I think that was against us and uh, so <laughs> yeah that was I mean not an outstanding career he's only 27 so I mean there's still plenty of you know gas yeah, left I, in the I, tank I, I thought he was going to do better at MLS, but he just, he never, he just didn't do much. Yeah. And he was one of um, the better played players in San Jose. You know, I think that was a lot of criticism. A lot of the fans are criticizing uh, Almeida because, you know, he brought in Alanis, he brought in Chofis, he brought in Fierro. And these guys were, you know, I don't know if they cost them any money as far as the transfers. Probably not, but the salary wages were pretty high for them. So uh, only only trophies really panned out, but the Alanis and, and Fierro, obviously, they're not even at San Jose anymore. So. Yeah, I, I knew they would keep trophies, um, and I hope he keeps doing good. Um, so best of luck to, to Fierro. I think uh, – if Tuca's getting him, he must see something in him. And because, yeah, like you said, he's 27. He still has a good five years left. That's you know? crazy, man. I thought he was like older, but, you no, know, especially but considering it, that he's been in the league since like 20, you know, over 10 years now. He's had a career for over 10 years now. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I think we, we can be harsh as fans with players and, and we'll say that they suck. And as we've been talking about his career, <laughs> you don't get to do all that if you suck. Uh, you know, I think unfair comparison sometimes when we're pointing out all these other players. But, you know, maybe he's not as flashy as it was expected or as, you know, doesn't score as much as we thought he would. But again, you know, uh, he, he's done enough where he's still, he's still playing, you know. Where he's still getting offers, and but I but I do think he's at the at like at the tail end, um, having been at San Jose and not not really doing anything there. I thought like maybe he was gonna end up in in Liga de Ascenso, but Juarez took him, which is you know they've been we've talked about Juarez how they're it's a project that's going on from the former Tigres. Uh, I forget his name, but he was one of the presidents at Tigres. It's big reason they brought Tuca because you know it was well known guy. So <clears throat> this guy that used to be with Tigres and he's now at Juarez doing his own thing. And of course, he he went after. He already has a good coach, and I think uh, they must have seen something on him. And so, but I do hope he pans out. Yeah. And we'll see him at Chivas when he's 32. <laughs> <laughs> he's 34. As a bomba he refuerza. <laughs> he can retire at Chivas. <laughs> uh, so Mazatlan lost to Toluca. Looks like uh, Nacho has bounced back. Alexis Canelo. That'll be his second win, right? Yeah. And uh, similar to... Uh, Ma, uh, San Luis, Mazatlan have yet to have any points on the board yet. So 
San Luis is in last place with zero points, and Mazatlan in 17th place with zero points. Yeah, and San Luis, um, they 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 finished their their contract with Athletic. I believe so. They're not. They're not associated with. Uh, yeah, Madrid, I call them Madrid Junior, but it's Atletico Madrid. <laughs> so they're they're no longer Atletico San Luis. They went back. Are they back to their colors? No, they they have changed them not for yet, a bit. Not yet. Their their away jersey is still like the traditional like uh, blue and like uh, gold, but they still have right. the stripes. Yeah. Okay, not bad. Yeah, and all these teams. Uh, we had a snooze fest with Chivas and Gallos. Chivas at home. Oh, oh boy, they just. <laughs> Continue to play mediocre football. Uh, they were down from the second minute of the game. And it was Alexis Vega that bailed us with another phenomenal free kick. I really hope that Alexis Vega gets the start uh, in Kingston because he has been playing great. And I think he's in better form uh, than some of the even the players abroad. So uh, Chivas... Um, yeah, I think we got fooled on that first game of the season, and uh, we're back to reality now. With that, that uh, big win over the mighty Mazatlan. Yeah, it was a great way to start the season, but very misleading. And now we're sitting in ninth position with four points. And uh, oh, uh, I do have good news for for Chivas. Uh, Amaudi has been asked to uh, join Shark Tank in Mexico. Oh man! As soon as I saw that, I knew that the memes would soon follow, and they did. <laughs> they did. I saw a really funny one where uh, they replaced the guy. Oh well, first we should explain what Shark Tank is. Some people may not know Shark Tank. Basically, you have three investors, or five, I think it is, and it's usually people that are successful, kind of well known. Or very successful, and then people go and they pitch their product ideas to them, and they're like, "Oh, well, I got you know, I got this thing for gardening, this tool that will make this easy, or this all type of stuff." You know, they, everything you can think of, they, they pitched right there, and then the investors either they they pass on it or they they will help you, you know, do your product by buying into your company or partnering up. And then sometimes you see between the investors, they, they do a bidding war to see who who gets your product. Sometimes they even join forces. Uh, pretty good show. <laughs> so the meme is some guy, um, he's asking the Maori if he wants to invest in Chivas. And they, they replace the guy's face with the, with the Chivas badge. And then the, the next picture is a Maori saying, I'll pass. <laughs> what does this guy know anything about business he inherited chivas from his dad he has done nothing to he he doesn't belong on the show man what a joke what what celebrity stuff you know i guess because he has he's known and 
there is that but you you man talk about like talk about just like bad timing because this is a team that didn't really bring in players they brought exactly. one but it was it was like an exchange they didn't accept addition like by subtraction <laughs> and to to see him at where he's investing where he's going to invest in other businesses and and so yeah the criticism is going to be there just just like the criticism is there for Leario for that interview he did uh you know he he did it when he said he envisions himself as dominating Liga MX and then going over to Spain and England and winning league titles over there and then returning to Mexico and winning the World Cup with the national team. And it's like, it, it's good goals to have. I mean, yeah, dream big. But you don't want to say it in, in the press. because like, bro, you keep that to yourself, you. dog. <laughs> it's going to follow him like a little black cloud. And it's already, you know, it's already um, biting them in the ass. And we saw this at Chivas with um, when Vergara first took over the team. And he said, I'm going to hire the best coach in the world. That He said that because they had been negotiating with Carlos Bianchi. And he was, you could technically say he was the best in the world because he had, you know, he dominated South America with Boca Juniors. He won the Libertadores. And then he won the... Well, it was in the club's World Cup back then. It was the Inter Intercontinental Cup, I think, or something like that. But it was the South American champion versus the European, the the, the Champions League champion. And he had those, he had all those cups, man. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm bringing over the best coach in the world." And they end up bringing in Yayo de la Torre, and it's just Nestor's cousin. And that just dude, that dude never lived it down, you know. And they, it wasn't his fault, but it doesn't matter. Once you know, it's out there. It's out there. It's gonna be like that meme where it's like, "Say the line, Bart. Say the line." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna win the World Cup with Mexico. <laughs> like everyone just laughs. Like, it's like, dude, you should, you should, you should let your results speak for you because this is just not yeah. this is not not the move bro yeah no that was he went he got ahead of himself right there man and i mean in one you know you could say okay well it's good to be confident it is but you don't need to throw you know you don't need that type of pressure you know you don't need to throw it on you and on the team what what's your take on um liborio sanchez he like went on social media and just criticize the shit out of Michele Año and yeah, it seemed like just personal because he said, he said uh, how, what do you say that he's all he never he played said that, no I think we just talked about Querétaro because he said he he helped Querétaro beat Chivas and so he was probably talking about that cup game and but then he's saying how they brought him back and then he said that it was like punishment to bring him back because they never played him. And he said that they just tricked him into it. And I was like, no, I'm talking about um, his comments on Michel Leaño. Yeah, that's right. Because he said Leaño brought him back. Oh, he was. And then they didn't, they didn't play him. They sort of froze him out. So he was blaming Leaño. I don't know if Leaño could bring him back. I don't know. No, I think he just, he said something along the lines, like, I can't believe he's coaching Chivas. Like, this guy 
never played at the professional level? Like, how are you going to coach? And that saltiness because there's been, you know. There's exceptions to the rule, but, you know, the criticism is there, you know. But, but you know, to Leano, you know, to his defense, he's been involved in football since he was born. His, you know, through his family, the Leanos, their own tecos. And then he, when he was like 15 or 16, tecos brought Menotti. And he was just shadowing Menotti. And they even assigned him to be Menotti's Uber driver. Um so he's always been well connected and then he got you know got to do all this other stuff um oh to so be that... privileged and rich <laughs> and they criticize Chivas like... a lot because it's all hijo de papi and all about you know like a lot of players that we've had through the ranks you know if they hadn't been associated or you know son of this person or known this person like they would have no business um in in this organization and i feel like there's a lot of anger there towards you know leano because what has he done to merit like being the coach of one of the biggest clubs in mexico he's done nothing he has nothing on his resume man he's just he's just well connected happens to be a good friend yeah, of, was, of a maori was, and and here we are he was he was doing the youth right the chivas youth program so he was in charge of the youth teams, but yeah, I do think he should have he should have coached. Um, I think I was reading like in Argentina, there was an article, and it was talking about why there's so many uh, good coaches that come out of Argentina, and they said in order to get your coaching license over there. It's mandatory that you coach X amount of years, like in lower divisions. And so I think uh, I think something like that would work. I think if he had coached at least um, Tapatio, you know, coach Tapatio like two years, at least, you know, see what he has. And then taking over the the big team, but he just he had the fast track pass. <laughs> no need for that, dude. Well, we can't talk about Chivas without talking about the elephant in the room here. America losing to Atlas two zero. And uh I had to double check to make sure this was correct, but America are in fourteenth position with just one point. Very quiet. Man. <laughs> yeah, not 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 looking too good for for Ame. Um, and there was criticism of Santiago Baños. And Santiago Baños, he he used to be Pio Herrera's assistant. And then when they were in America, some way somehow he ends up being like a GM, whatever position he got. But it was. Obviously, above Piojo, he became Piojo's boss. Um, so he has a, a, you know, a pretty big position over there. And he's he's getting he was getting attacked. He was getting attacked by some news. Uh, it was it was like a show, like a talk show. On to the end. Yeah, that one, which is even surprising. <laughs> that's 
the owners, the owner station, and they had to apologize, which was kind of dumb because it's like El Pero. They were saying how we should have talked with Daniels first or giving him a chance, but it's like, no, not really. You could have your opinion, you know, you, you, you shouldn't have to you can't, be. You can't bite the hand that feeds you, you know, Televisa, Tudene, and you can't be criticizing the team. Yeah, they, crit- well, they criticized Baños more than anything. And then that was, there was that. They had to apologize and, and they say both, that they were... They both copied the same apology and tweeted it. I'm like, dude, at least like... <laughs> like yeah, they were probably forced and it sounds like, just just say this, you know. Um, because, but yeah, like, um, I guess with the whole team, with, with the way things are with Solari and and people haven't been too too happy with that. Even though the team's not really bad, because they're just expecting more. But of course, they, as they should, you know, America fans always used to having the team fighting for the top spots. But at the same time, you, you go through these, um, you know, uh, what is it? Not a professor. You know, you eventually like have this turnover where you had this team that was doing so good and you had these players. Then eventually it runs out, and then you have to like start all over again. We're seeing it with like Real Madrid, with Barcelona. Barcelona. You know they 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 have to find that squad again. It's not easy, and you can. It's also not as easy as just buying the players because uh, they won't always work out or pan out. So I think that's kind of what's going on with America, where they they had this good run. And now they're just struggling to get back to that. Uh, but but not even struggling bad. You know, it's not like they're finishing at the bottom of the table uh, or they're getting, you know, played off the field. They're just not as consistent as, as the fans come to expect them to be. Um, I still think they have a pretty good project. Um, so they have a player coming in. I don't know. I just heard it's a, it was someone that, Solari asked for, so I don't, I don't know who that is. Oh, guess he'll surprise us. <laughs> uh, there was an Ecuadorian that was made official for uh, Juan Otero, but I don't uh, know if that's the him. There was a Spanish player, right? Yeah, it was like a oh, Spanish that was, player. That guy already came, no? That's oh yeah, yeah, I think he already came, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about bringing some of these unknowns. You know, I think uh, the way they had been doing it, which was very similar to what Bayern Munich would do. You know, they would see who, who was doing really good in the league, and then they would go after that guy. And America had been doing that for a while too. Uh, these players that would do well, and then they would you know, bring him in and going a lot of times for the broad, it's 50, 50, you know, sometimes they work out. Sometimes they don't really do much. Yeah. One thing I will say though, um, wait, 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 quick. Sorry. Jaime. Go ahead. Uh, just point in reference because I'll be like, all right, well, like Cabecita was there, man. I mean, 
dude, that's a, that's, I'm still surprised he went to Qatar. That guy's been, you know, he's proven, dude. He, I think whatever team you put him, he's going to get you X amount of gold. He's just been, and I think uh, I'm surprised to see the, the league. I Let guess him because go. how much they paid. Yeah, I guess the, the, if, if other clubs did bid for him, eventually they, they, they couldn't match. Yeah, I do agree that that would have been a a classic America, you know, signing a player that's been doing really well, and then uh, you end up going to America. I feel like that was the trajectory for a lot of strikers that that were uh, top in Liga Mekis. But um, one thing that I will say. Kind of related to Liga Mekis is over the weekend there was like a you know NFL games and you know, a lot of the teams that had an incredible regular season you know they were the first place team in their division ended up getting eliminated uh, in the first round so it's really not about how you start it's it's about how you finish and I know we're like three games into the season. And we're seeing some shocking, you know, teams like America being outside of Repechaje. But, you know, keep in mind, they do have a game uh, in hand because they, they weren't able to play. So they still have one more game to catch up with the rest of the league. And, uh, you know, Tigres are in 11th position. Um, but it's it's Liguilla, man. Like, the name of the game is to get into Liguilla and anything can yeah. happen. Well, I'm glad you mentioned... Um... Tigres, because I was one of the teams, you know, that that it's Piojos there, so there's these high expectations for that team because of because of Piojo and um and because it's Tigres, you know, obviously all the all the money, Piojo and and Guignac and whatnot. And yeah, they started slow and they bounce back now with this big win, and it, it, I'll say big because it was over Pumas who have been the uh, maybe if it's too early, but they they had been one of the better teams of the start of the season. So to get that that win is is just shows that you know Ortiz is sad. I saw that game. That was a quite unfortunate turn of events for Pumas. They were leading one zero, and then come to the last, I would say ten minutes of the match, uh, kind of like a freak play there draws the game 1-1 and you're like oh okay you know Tigres pulled a point over there and then no there was a final play where the referee decides to call a penalty and Jignac puts it away for the 2-1 so completely flipped the script and uh, Tigres stole three points over there in Seu and uh, that was a big big victory for them because they had a slow start to the season yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I, I I see them I see them um being being one of the contenders. I gotta say the team that did that is surprising me because I, I I had uh maybe is a Chiva and me talking. So I said Atlas I didn't expect Atlas to, to be back in the picture and well they're the ones that beat America. Yep. And this is their second win, I believe. So, six points already. They're undefeated. And they have a game, I believe, to boot. 
Uh, no, they played that game. Uh, they tied with. Oh, that was the game. Yeah, the rematch, uh, the final, Leon and Atlas, and it was just one-one. And uh, with that, Atlas are in second place with uh, seven points. Again, undefeated. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, so that was my. I jinxed. You jinxed it, Jaime. <laughs> I should have said uh, repeat. I should have said they're going for the doblete. <clears throat> it's a tough thing to do. I mean, not too many teams have ever done it in Mexico, so um, I don't know if Lightning can strike twice, but it is nice to see that the team that won the championship is uh, still relevant. No campeonitis for them. And Cruz Azul, you know, Cruz Azul also won a title last year, and they're in first place with seven points. Uh, it seems like... Uh, you know, their off-season transfers panned out. Uriel Antuna scored uh, again. And uh, they ended up... He's working out, dude. I see, I say He scored, and I think the match before, he gave the assist for the... Yeah, he did. For Charlie. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm glad. I'm happy for him. Yeah, yeah. Seems like Cruz Azul might have gotten the better end of the deal because Piojo hasn't really done much for, for Chivas. Didn't uh, he miss a game due, due to the... Yeah, he missed a game. Yeah. Um, It was a pretty entertaining match over there in, in Monterrey. All, you know, Cruz Azul up to zero. And then Rayados tied the game somehow. 2-2. 92nd minute, Funes Mori. And 97th minute by uh, Cesar Montes. And uh, another shocking result, Santos taking it 4-1. Necaxa, four goals, man. You know, usually Santos are, are, you know, decent, but to lose to Necaxa 4-1, ouch. This this one, I did get it right, Jaime. I said I could see Santos becoming... uh, Grupo Orlegi's red-headed, the red-headed stepchild. <laughs> They're just, you know, it's a small venue. It's a small market. And, and they've been successful for X amount of years, but they haven't really made waves. They haven't really become that much more popular or become, you know. They're almost up there with, like, similar to what happened with Toluca so dominant to the point where they're like the, the third team with the most titles, 10 titles, you know, America Chivas and Toluca over Cruz Azul and Pumas and the, the other so-called Grandes. And the Diablos Rojos aren't really that popular. Uh, <clears throat> at least not like the other two teams that I just mentioned, not to that point. And so I, I think they know that, Grupo Lady knows that. And that's what the Fadlas has something like type of a mythicism, I guess you could say, and they just have it. And I, I do, I, I can't see if, if Atlas, you know, becomes as popular as like, not popular as successful. as successful, as consistent as they did. I could see them being one of the teams that is going to like just grow in massive popularity. Um, 
and you, like because we see it with Pachuca too you know it's the other team that they tried so hard to to make it like one of the grandes and they're very consistent and they they won a lot and it got to the point where they were like putting their South American cup putting a star for that cup here and then in their badge and then calling trying to nickname the team El Equipo de Mexico and whatnot none of that none of that stuff worked um but I, I can't see it happening with Atlas. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. Um, Guadalajara is a big city with a lot of potential, and uh, there's plenty of room for not just one team, not just two. There, I mean, Guadalajara is big enough to have four teams. Uh, and at one point, yeah, more, more than that, I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, like four teams in the first division. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they've, they've had them before. I mean, at one point they had. Chivas, Atlas, Tecos, and uh, Leones Negros. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, Leones, uh, UADG. Mm-hmm. Um, no, wait. Wait, Tecos is UADG, and then there's a... Uh, because Leones Negros is also a university. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I'm getting them confused. Um, but I'm getting the universities confused. But yeah, they had, they had those four teams. And before that, they had like Oro and... Uh, Universidad de Guadalajara. That's UDG, uh-huh. and where was Tecos? UADG. UADG, yeah. There you go, that A was throwing me off. Um, yeah, you had those teams, and, and you go further back, there was like Oro, and I think Jalisco. I think it was called something Jalisco, but but yeah, there's been four teams before. Uh, but you're right, I, I could say they could host four teams, and, and but I think Atlas has, has the, what it takes to to be like big, like well, I think they very popular. I think uh, Grupo Orlega needs to strike while the iron's hot. Look, you're coming off a championship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have this crazy attention now in Guadalajara. The fans have always been there for Atlas. I, I will give them that. They have always had loyal fans. They've always, you know, shown up and supported the team. And I feel like, man, you know, if they were to invest a little bit more money into Atlas, they could turn into like the – the noisy neighbors, you know, kind of like how Manchester United was so dominant for so long. And now, you know, Man City has basically turned Manchester blue, you know, like they were able to like win the city over. And I don't think that will ever happen because Chivas are too too big of a club. And not, oh, not only that, but well, I, well, you're right. You know, time will tell. But I think like one thing that Chivas will always have and will always make them popular is the fact that they, you know, they, they play with only Mexicans. But that being said, you know, it, I can see, I can see the same thing happening, like the same situation in Manchester where, you know, Atlas end up becoming a little bit more, more popular because, you know, if they are able to maintain, um, uh, you know, this, this type of success, if they, if they be, if they start winning titles left and right, man, I could I could see the the city turning black and red. You know, I really could see that happening. Yeah, and and, and become like the Atlas of old, where they were, they were, you know, uh, churning out all these top talent like like uh, Osvaldo Sanchez and yeah, Rafa Marquez, and you they, you put in some players in selection. You know, Aguardado, the other one to to name a few. Um, 
then that starts giving them them more popularity too because it's like all these top selection players all these players that are in Europe and are doing good they're all coming out from Atlas and then the team at home is doing really good and, and all of that stuff begins to add up and you know for Chivas well they're they're very inconsistent so how long can you stay winning a championship every 10 years without other teams catching, catching up? up? Yeah, so I mean, Atlas, of course, they won't catch up anytime soon. But there are other cups that they could be winning and tournaments. And if they're doing good and putting and, you know, taking up, you know, bringing out players and, and, and becoming like the base of the selection, because that, that was Chivas, remember, around 06. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit earlier, they were like, Chivas was like a top of the world, you know. They were, they were like in Libertadores. They were crushing it. They had like five players in the selección. Uh, they won the league, so they were they were tops. They were big in popularity. But man, that's like oh six. <laughs> that's, it's been a uh, while. They haven't they haven't been to that success since that, and that's why. Oh, damn. Like fifteen years, I mean. It's coming on sixteen. That's, yeah, that's a quinceañera right there, man. That's a long time, and, and it, you know, that's a long time to to go without, you know, not having none of those things. Um. So, so yeah, I, I, but but I mean, you know, we're talking about super long term. If if this were to happen, if if Atlas were to become that team, you're looking at like 10 years from now. 10, it would, it would you know, 10, 10 years from now. Um, yeah. It, it would take that long. And the other thing we should mention, because Grupo Orlegi, or, or the owner, Ira Ragori, he, he, he has like this big, his vision is to own a team in Europe. So I, I think that he knows if he can, if he can turn Atlas into this, you know, put him in the in the limelight and be this big popular team. I think that would just give him way more credibility. Because you know, I mean, what he did at Santos is 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 been very good. You know, it's very com- um. But I think uh, just because the team hasn't grown in popularity, but if he's able to do that, I think it would just open more doors for him. Yeah. Especially because, you know, being popular, you help capture the American market. And, you know, that's just something Santos doesn't really have. But I think Atlas could have it if they do become, like like you said, consistent and start winning and, and doing all these things. Then, yeah, there'll be a team that comes to the U.S. and and they'll, fans would follow them because, you know, they, they just, they're like, they would be like a fun team to, to watch. You know, I was thinking about um, that when uh, Atlas won their title and Cruz Azul won their title. I'm like, both of these teams, uh, I I went to go cover. In San- they had friendlies in San Jose. So I got to see them in preseason, and I would have never guessed either one of those clubs to end up winning, you know, league. Like, when I saw them in preseason, I'm like, there's, you know, this, this is going to be another – average season for these two clubs and then they ended up winning titles. So yeah, one after the other. it's kind of a trip, you know, to see that 
especially after what happened in San Jose with like Cruz Azul and you know one of the fans going on and sucker punching a player. Like it was just it was crazy. <laughs> but uh, damn, yeah. Um, was, it, was it a Cruz Azul player he sucker punched? No, he San Jose. Oh, he must have. Damn. Yeah, it was a fan in a wrestling mask. Yeah. Just ran up and sucker punched somebody. And, yeah. Oh, that's when uh, Wando yeah. gets the guy in a chokehold? Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh, damn. I mean, you got, <laughs> you got this, you two shows, man. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Well, we're coming up on the hour mark. We have some – this is going to be a very exciting week. It's the make or break week for Tata, I think. Um, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Yes, I, I still believe in Tata. I know a lot of fans have lost faith, uh, but I, I believe in Mr. Martino. I believe in him. I, I think he's going to pull through. Uh, so I think I, I could see him getting five points. You see five points and Mexico being at a at a good spot for qualifying. I hope so, man. I'm not one of those like crab in a bucket type of people. I, I do hope that Tata gets this this locomotive going. I will say who I don't believe in are the players. I feel like for the last couple of like I would say for the last year, they've definitely just been coasting. You know, they've been kind of taking these games like lightly. Yeah. And I'm not con- <laughs> and I'm not convinced that we're calling up the right players. So, you know, I just think that a lot of these players feel comfortable because, you know, they're they're guaranteed a spot. And it's just like that's yeah. not how it should be. It's, yeah, and and again, it's like how you said earlier, uh Mexico just doesn't have that many players to pull from. So yeah, you, I can see how players get comfortable. There's, there's no, there's really not much competition. Someone like just burning their ass, of, you know, like just waiting for them to mess up or to get that opportunity and and take over. And I, I also I wouldn't be surprised if they got a bit complacent just because they went so long without even losing in in the region. You know, they had this really long streak of like just um i i still think if you if we count the number of defeats against concacaf teams i think it's only a handful uh-huh and of course i'm talking about official games but yeah, yeah we look you know and so i think that sometimes too it's not like you 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 went into honduras or whatnot and you got beaten pretty bad you know or you you got a beat down where, like when we saw Osvaldo trying to tell the players to, uh, telling the catrachos to, like, take it easy. <laughs> so I think it does get to that point sometimes where it's like they start getting overconfident, I guess. Yeah. But, again, it's like it's it's the two sides, right? You have players that are sort of, being called up on just because of their name and their marketing image and because they've been the usual suspects for a while. But that, there there also should be a, a lot of criticism towards players that are 
you know, on the bubble that maybe should be playing harder or should be making themselves a little bit more the obvious candidate, you know? So I think, you know, usually in a world cup year, it's like a very tough job for a coach to just name 23 players. But, you know, Tata has already mentioned this before that he basically has his list ready and, you know, that's a big slap to the face to any other player, any, any young prospect that, that, uh, that wants to make it to the world cup. Well, you better go out there and out, outwork everybody you better go out in the training pitch and and just make yourself the obvious candidate like you should be not posting on social media and taking selfies you should be you know doing a hundred shots uh you know every fucking night you know i just feel like this is a world cup year like you guys need to go out there and like just work your ass off and quite frankly from the young players i'm just i'm just not seeing it and it's just like that's just unfortunately how it, how it's going to go. Then we're going to take a bunch of over the hill players that might have a decent showing, but I don't know, man. It, it just smells like another round of sixteen exit for Mexico, even if we get there. No, but you said World Cup year. You can can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, and so I I do think there's going to be a few players that are going to be, you know. I think they're gonna be trying to win, win, win a position in that in, in the 23 that will go to the World Cup. So I, I can't see competition picking up. I hope so, and I hope we see that kind of hunger in these three crucial matches for Mexico. And I'll leave it at that. Want to thank all of our listeners for hopping on. Don't forget, we upload every week, so make sure to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel, and uh, let us know what you guys think of these upcoming matches. Do we feel confident? Do we feel pessimistic? Whatever the case may be, let us know your thoughts, and we'll catch you next week.